Hey guys, so excited to have you here for another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. Before we dive in, I want to let you know I have another extremely amazing guest. She is a two-time Olympian. She's got a gold and a silver medal. She played at UCLA for no other than Sue Inquist. If you have not listened to the Sue Inquist episode yet, you need to rewind, go watch that or listen to that before you tune into this one because you'll understand why Natasha Watley said she wouldn't be the athlete she is without her in her corner. We also dive into awesome things about slapping. So she was a triple threat. She slapped, she hit for power. She was a great bunter. She was so good on the bases and she dives into the foundations of slapping. What makes a great slapper? how to read the defense as a slapper, the types of slaps. She narrows it down to three types of slaps that she teaches and she learned. And she dives into the program that she's actually built for slappers. And honestly, if you know slapping or you're a coach and you don't know enough about slapping, this is going to be your episode. So if you want to learn all things slapping and get to know an Olympian softball player, Natasha Watley is on the podcast this week. We had an amazing conversation and I'm so excited for you guys to listen into this one. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you have not yet so you know exactly when the next episode is going to drop and do me an extra favor and please write a review. It honestly means the world and this is how we grow the game of softball. If we are able to bring this podcast up into the sports podcasting world as one of the top competitors, we are going to be able to send this message out to more softball families just like you. And it would mean the world if you did that. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. Here is my conversation with two-time Olympian Natasha Watley. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley B Training, former D1 athlete, and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well, but now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes. And I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just going to dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal. That's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm going to have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are going to be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner, so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive. And that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here. And I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us. Learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook and let's head to the next episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Burkhart, and I have a two-time Olympian and a record holder in all the things at UCLA. She's won a national title. She's got all these notorieties, and we literally just met not too long ago, but I cannot wait to get into this conversation with Natasha Watley. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. I know. I'm I'm just so excited for slappers to finally get some love on this podcast. I mean, I love that. I've had JT Gasso talking about hitting. We've had Sue Inquist, one of the goats who you played under on the pod. So finally, slappers are going to get a ton of love today. I'm excited for them to learn from you. Yes, no, that's great. And um, slappers, we need love. They need love and we need more of them in our game. And um, so I'm happy to to share a little bit of love to them. So um, thanks for bringing light to that for sure. Absolutely. So I was actually, you don't know this about me. 
I was 12 years old when I moved from the right side to the left side, and I was picking up slapping. Some people would say, oh, that's late to pick up you know, the left side or to switch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, dad and I used to research a bunch of YouTube videos, and let alone it was Sue Inquist YouTube videos, and you were slapping in them. So. Which is so funny. I was, I was yeah. her, her model dummy. <laughs> I mean, when you're the best, it's easy. Like you got to just pull you out and use all your skills. Yeah. But anyway, so before we get into all the things slapping, I would like the audience to kind of get to know you. Cause I mean, this is a podcast where there's mostly parents and coaches hanging out with us and they want to do right by their athlete. Like Mm -hmm. if their athlete says, I want to be a slapper, I think understanding your story would be really powerful for them to hear. So mm-hmm. take us back to young Natasha yeah. and all the way to where you are now. Many moons ago, um, <laughs> known that this game, um, I would still be in it, and which is so crazy. So I started playing when I was five and I grew up in Irvine in SoCal, California, which is coined as a hotbed of softball, but had no idea about that um, growing up in Irvine. And my story is I came across softball. There was this young girl, Coral Bain, and actually like, like we're still like Instagram friends. Like she was the coolest chick in my elementary school. Like she was like queen of recess. Like just, she was just so cool. Um, and so she had had like this flyer that were passed out at her in a first grade class. And she's like, I'm signing up for softball. I played last year, take it home, sign up too. And I'm like, Coral's doing it. I'm doing it. Let's go. I was only child. And so I'm super shy, quiet. Like, so honestly, like I just was like wanting to be around other um, girls and just have friends, you know? And so I took this home to my parents and asked them, sign me up for softball. My dad's from Louisiana, super Southern man, loves basketball, football, had no, no idea what softball was. Mom mm. the same. My mom's from the Bahamas, had no idea what softball was. They both <laughs> like, are like, we have no idea what this is, but let's give the girl what she wants. And, you know, so I'm <laughs> thankful that they gave me what I wanted. And, and, and I really wanted softball because here I am, you know, 35 plus years later, well, almost 35 plus years still in the game. And like, I just, I literally, like, I, I always say like the moment I first played, like I instantaneously like fell in love. Like, I mean, there's just so many things. Like, it's just like, you're overstimulated. Like there's, you know, you can be a good pitcher. You can be a fast runner. You could be a great hitter. Like there's just so many things about the game that you can try to improve and get good at. And so like, it was just like, all these things that I just wanted to like try out and be, and be good at. And, and I was doing it with other girls. And so um, I just, I don't know, like I just, and I'm a big Beyonce fan. And so yes, actually, we all I mean, are sister. I know I look, I love the woman. So, um, <laughs> and I always compare my first moment playing. So actually a funny story, my first time playing, I played T-ball totally hit the ball off the tee and I run to third first, like sprinting towards third. And it's kind of like this moment where everybody's like, Oh my gosh, stop. And I'm like booking it. But it was like, I say it was my Beyonce moment where hair was blown in the wind and like, just like slow motion and like, just, you know, really having the time of my life. And I, ever since I I just, I love the game. Mm. I haven't been able to get away. That's incredible. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So that was the the beginning journey, the spark, the, yeah. I love this, but where did slapping start kind of coming into that picture? Yeah. I'm like you, Ashley. So I didn't start slapping until I was 12, 13 as well. So from five to probably 11, 12, I only played rec ball and mm. played in our local rec league. And then which was also awesome. My dad, you know, started to like buy into the softball thing. And like, I am so thankful for him. He's the one who would go out and like, see what the next level look like. So he would see, oh, there's travel ball. Oh, there's our local high school. There's college. Let's go see that. So he came across slap hitting and came across a travel ball team. And this coach said like, I'll take Natasha and I'll teach her how to slap. And so that was all he needed to hear. And so I came across slap hitting when I was 12, 13, same thing. I, um, was a right-handed. I'm naturally right-handed. Started on the right side. And then I, funny again is I would um, start my at-bats on the left side, get two strikes, and then like literally have this walk of shame to, to the, the right, right side <laughs> to finish my at-bat. And so like my biggest advice to all newbie slap hitters is like start and finish your, your at-bat on the left side and you'll learn so much more because 
at that moment mm. that, that at that literally was already over, like just dragging my back yeah. right to the right side. So, um, yeah, 12, 12, 13 is when I first started. That's so awesome. Yeah. You never want to think of slapping as like a crutch, like, right. like, you know, like right. you gotta, you gotta be able to fail. I, I say this all the time. You gotta be able to fail to be able to make a change. Right. Exactly. And so, exactly. Yeah. And, and I noticed throughout your career, you didn't just slap, like you weren't known for just slapping and bunting. You were a power hitter. And yeah, you were a great triple threat. Yeah, eventually, like eventually. Yeah. So that didn't come until like later in my game. So I would consider myself a late bloomer as well. So when I first started slapping 12, 13, probably to my ju junior year of high school, did I really put some emphasis into hitting away. So like there was just this long mm -hmm. period of time where I just mastered slap hitting. And I literally was just touch and go, put the ball in play, like, you know, try to use my asset and use my speed and, and get on base. So I didn't really have like a power slap. I didn't really hit away. I probably just would only bunt, tap and go, use the ground. And so probably until like my junior, senior year of high school, did I really start implementing, implementing hitting away. And obviously when I went to college, I think it's like this evolution of just trying to add all of these tools and people think right off the gate, you've got to like have all of them. And I definitely like, if I'm training athletes now, obviously, you know, we've gone through the fire and I, I definitely am, am training them a little bit different now. Like, yes, like you need, you should be starting to hit away now, you know, whereas I waited a little bit longer, it worked out, but mm -hmm. definitely, you know, to play at the top, top level, you've got to have all the things, right? Right. And that makes me think of like pitching, like you're not going to learn the fastball, the change up, right. the drop ball, the screwball, right. like all the things at once. Right. But if you were, so if you were to break down slapping, you know, what is the first thing that you're teaching your slappers then? Yeah, I'm always, I'm um, the basics. So, you know, we're going to start with your foundation, which is like your footwork, your timing, your hands, like just kind of stay grounded to your mechanics, making sure that you're perfecting that. Cause those are the things that are that are like your non-negotiables. Like you've got to have mm -hmm. footwork, especially now in the college game, you know, your, your feet are everything. Um, if you yeah. step on the line, you're out. So making sure that that's solid, making sure that timing, timing's always an issue. No, it doesn't matter if you're facing, um, it doesn't matter if you're in the beginning of your slapping journey or the end, like you're always facing different pitches with different windups and different speeds. And some of their different pitches are different speeds. So it's like timing is, is a really important piece of slapping. And I think the hardest thing for young ladies who turn to the left side to actually learn the timing piece. So I think that would be the first thing is like the kind of the mechanics. And then you can kind of get into kind of just like a, a soft slap, just trying to like put the ball in play, trying to bounce the ball, use the ground and kind of work your way up from there. I love it. I love it. Now, yeah. because you're so humble, we haven't even talked about college, like where you lit it up. And, and I will say this. So back when I was watching television, like the only thing on TV was the Olympics and Women's College World Series. Okay, You've been to the Women's College World Series. You've won the Women's College World Series. So can you talk about like as a slapper, or, I mean, you were, you did both, you were a triple threat. At, like how was your evolution through college? Cause I know there's a lot of older athletes probably listening too that are like, they think that they need to be at their peak okay. freshman year of college. And oh, you and I were not that at all. Oh. Like we found our peak much later. Yeah. And I think that that's like the beauty of it is coaches are always like looking for potential. They're not looking for perfection. And so I think mm. I had, I'm hoping that I had some potential and that's why, you know, coach Inquist, you know, wanted me to come um, and play for her. But when I first started playing for her, it, like I told you, my junior senior year, I started like, cause I knew I was going, I wanted to play in college. And I knew that that was a thing. I had to implement a power piece, but it wasn't perfect. I had just started to do it. So it was just kind of, I would spray in, you know, hitting away here and there. And then once I got to college, like Sue really, 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 she always would say like, why not reinvent yourself? Like, cause I was mm. good with just slapping and getting on base and like that. So she recruited me here for, and so she would challenge me is like, why not reinvent yourself? And, you know, you know, the whole thing of just being uncomfortable, you know, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. And so one, I think my sophomore season in the fall, she literally just took slap hitting away from me. She's like, you're only hitting away. And so I had to like survive by like just being able to hit away because slap hitting is like my survival mode. Like whenever mm -hmm. I'm uncomfortable, I'm just going to go back to cheese. I'm really going to add this piece, Natasha, until you just dedicate some time. So literally she just took away slapping for me and I just had to only hit away during the fall. And I think that that was a blessing in disguise because it really allowed me to grow. And 
eventually I went on and had like double digits and home runs. And, and so I, I really, I give a lot of credit to her in, in, in challenging me to incorporate the things. And just like you said, like, you know, you don't have to come in all prim and proper. Like there's a lot of, you know, grooming that's going to be done at the college game. And I think just understanding and learning the game as well and like learning when and why I should be slapping in this situation. And like that really becomes clear why I should be hitting in this situation. And so you don't have to have all the things like just, you know, I think they're recruiting potential and not perfection for sure. So when it comes to potential, it's like work ethic, discipline, like the simple things that people kind of take for granted, I think sometimes are, are huge. So let's go back to Sue for a second. I mean, we literally just had her on the podcast this week. I mean, this podcast will air a little bit later, but I mean, it was so fun getting to know her because you realize, you know, her mentor was John Wooden Mm -hmm. and he was, he was instilling more character traits than anything. Like it it wasn't about, about national championships. Mm -hmm. It was about developing human beings. So how do you feel Sue impacted you, you know, from maybe more of like a personal level um, cause you express the physical. Yeah. How much time do we have, Ashley? Uh, <laughs> this woman, Wait, you everything. told me how much time we have. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know this woman is everything to me. I, gosh, like, if I didn't have Sue Inquist in my life, there is no Natasha Wally. And that's like the honest wow. truth in, in any, like, I can even, I don't even know where to begin. Um, I think the first thing is just her not only just believing me in me as a softball player, but as a person. And I think for playing for her, like she makes you believe that you can walk on water. And and I truly believe that I could walk on water playing for her. And I realized that, you know, once I left UCLA, I'm like, wait, all these other people don't think I can walk on water. Like what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I, I think she brings that out of you. She, I learned how to compete playing for Sue. I learned how to use my voice and to articulate myself and to speak. So my favorite story about Sue is I'm, 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 gen- I'm just a really reserved, quiet and imagine my 18 year old self. Like I never talked. I was on mute and just timid and like scared and like, I don't even know. I don't even know, you know, like just (laughs) how she even saw potential in me because I was just so timid and um, shy. So what she would do is my freshman season, she would make me come to her office every day before practice. And she would video, I am like, it sounds so kind of awkward now, but it's, it's not that awkward, but she would film me. So I would come meet her in her office and she would film me for about like 30 minutes. And she'd make me talk about my day, what I learned at class, um, like what I'm working on and softball. And I would just be so angry. I'm like, this has nothing to do with softball. And I would just be like walking to her office pissed every single day. But she always would tell me, you know, people are going to want to hear what you have to say one day, Natasha. So this, I'm just prepping you for when people actually want to hear what you have to say, you're ready to, to unleash. And so what she was trying to do is just get me comfortable with speaking up and talking because I just never wanted to share my opinions. I never wanted to talk. Even just on the field, I just wanted to like, you know, we've got two, like whatever, like, let's just make, like, I just thought I could just show up, but like how important it is to communicate and be vocal, being a shortstop, being a leader, you know, on the infield and, and making me more vocal. So I'm like so forever indebted to her um, for just pushing me off the field to just be comfortable in my skin, my own skin and just be comfortable with my voice and being able and how powerful it is to be able to speak up for yourself. And I mean, just public speaking in general, I mean, she is the person who has taught me how to, um, to, to be a public speaker, to speak in front of a crowd. She's taught me how to create a PDF. I mean, I learned how to make a PDF um, (laughs) from her. I just, I've learned so many things from her and, and she continues to like lean into me business-wise, she's like now my like life mentor. She wasn't mm. just a coach. Um, I'm still, I still talk to her regularly all the time. And, you know, any new decision or big decision, like next to my parents, like she's my next phone call, you know? And so she has been, uh, I, I could talk on and on about her. Um, mm. She's been like, honestly, the biggest mentor and the biggest supporter in my life. Like literally there's no Natasha without um, coach. So I love, I love the woman. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We both need to send her a message right after this and be like, oh my gosh. She's the greatest. She's the greatest. That's, that's amazing. Honestly, sitting down with her is, I kid you not, I asked her like probably four questions the entire interview Mm -hmm. and she just went on for like two hours straight about just like 
these mind-blowing one-liners and just all of this optimism, like you're saying, like she makes people feel, and athletes and anyone, feel like they can walk on water. And she gets on parents that don't make their athletes feel that way. Right. And I think it's a pretty powerful thing what she's up to. And like we talked about one softball and all the things that she's up to, but it's so cool. It's so awesome to have a mentor like that. Yeah. Um, Her Sueisms. Her little like Sue-isms. her Sueisms, yeah, because she's got a ton of them, like tons. I could rattle off like fifty-five of them for you, but we won't. <laughs> but, <laughs> then no. we don't run out of time for sure. Cutting in to this episode real quick to tell you about something we've had up our sleeves for a while, and it's officially out. It is the ABT Winter Collection. So I was at a camp that I was running a couple years ago, and the athletes were like, "Do you have any sweatshirts? Do you have any sweatpants?" And it dawned on me this year that we have a new ABT line and I'm like, we need some sweatshirts, we need some joggers, we need some beanies and maybe throw in another long sleeve. So it's official. We have our own winter collection and I really want you guys to go check it out. It is so, so awesome. It was fun designing this stuff with my team and people have already ordered and they're wearing the super, super warm sweatshirts and the comfy beanies. Someone also asked me if the beanies would fit a ginormous head, a ginormous melon. It will. I I just got mine in the mail and it definitely will fit your head. I'm so excited for you guys to see this stuff. So all you have to do to check it out is go to www.ashleybtraining.com. Click on the ABT collection and you guys can see all the new things that you can get just in time for the holiday season. Uh, Make sure to get those orders in. It takes a couple weeks to get out to you. So make sure you get your hands on some of the awesome gear. I'm so excited for you guys to wear it. And if you do get it, and I want to see you guys repping it. So make sure to tag me at Ashley B Training on Instagram. I cannot wait to see you guys wearing this gear. You guys are going to rock it this holiday season. All right, let's head back to the episode. You played for Sue and then you went off to play in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me, people always ask like, what's the game like when you get to that level? And I'm sitting here like, I have no idea. I mean, I'm assuming the game still gets faster because it's the best players in the world. Yeah. Um, But can you just share a little bit about that experience as well and how maybe it it shaped and formed you? Yeah. Well, you're playing with the best of the best. And I think in the college atmosphere, you're in an environment that you are surrounded by people who are not going to let you fail. There's so many resources in the college atmosphere, right? You've got your tutors, you've got people that are going to help you academically, you've got your strength and conditioning trainers that are going to help you get in shape and get to that next level. And then you've got your softball coaches who are going to make sure that they challenge you to make you the best softball player. So you're just surrounded and you're in just in this environment. It's mm-hmm. a whole new ball game when you leave college and you go out into the real world and you and you become uh, an Olympian, Olympian because now you're considered a professional. You're considered, you know, the the top of the top, and it's 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 up. It's on you. It's it's you know, obviously, yes, we're playing a team sport, but it's very individual based on you know how I'm going to prepare prepare myself, you know, and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of time that's spent away from the team. And so a lot is um, put on you in terms of training. And so like, that was like a big, huge jump for me, like not having like this support every single day and not having like a plan personally set out for me when I was at home. And like, that was a really hard thing for me to learn. It's like, wait, what? Like, this is all on me. Like, this is the Olympics, but like you're a professional. And so yes, the game is faster. Women are stronger smarter like it's just all of the elements and you're playing with the best of the best and I think you know I really like I thought that at the college game like I was at the top top and I didn't realize like there was just like this whole other gap where I had to reach and where I had to go and you know I'm also thankful too for playing with Lisa Fernandez and Laura Berg Leo Brian Amica like these women who I grew up looking up to and then now having the opportunity to play with them and seeing how they prepared every single day, um, I mean, I just was like, I am so far off. I have so much work to do. And mm. um, I'm just thankful that I had these these models to, to be able to like, you know, see what that preparation looked like and that hard work looked like. And so, but it, it, it's a huge jump and it's a huge, huge gap. And it's people just think, you know, 
if you're the top collegiate player, you should be able to play at that next level. And that's not the case because it really is a whole nother level. Now we're dealing with the world and we're dealing with the yeah. world's best athletes. And so you've got to really bring your, you know, everything is connected. Like you've got to, you know, go that extra, that extra gap, that extra mile. And it takes an elite athlete to know that there's always a next level. Like right. even when you think you're at the best, you're like, whoa, I still got a lot to work on. Right. So especially those young athletes that are like, I have so much to do. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I would say pick one thing, mm -hmm. get really good at it, move mm -hmm. on to the next. Because mm -hmm. like you're saying, and actually I'm going to bring up a memory I have of you. So my first year playing in the league, you this was, this was your last year mm -hmm. playing in the NPF. And I remember, you probably have no idea or remember this, but we were sitting down at dinner, a bunch of people from the Pride were there. I don't even know why I was there, to be honest. I was, I just was. And I think I asked you, like, when did you peak? Like, when, when do you feel like you peaked in the game? And you were like, oh, like when I was 27. Right. And I'm literally 27 <laughs> right now. Awesome. And I'm like, <laughs> and it's crazy because I'm like, take me, like, I want to play right now. Because right. even though I've, I haven't played or you know, competitively in four years, right. I feel like every year you get to gain more knowledge and oh, be around other yeah. people that know the game. Right. So I love that you were like, I peaked at 27. I'm just like mind blown because there's not really an opportunity. Mm -hmm. or, I mean, there, there are more now, mm -hmm. like there are much more opportunities to keep, continue playing until right. 27 right. and beyond. Right. I mean, look at Kat. Right. <laughs> look right. at Monica. Right. But it's your, it's your wisdom and your maturity and your softball IQ, like goes to another level. Like I, when I was 27, like I couldn't get out. Like I, and, and that's like, I'm just telling you just in terms of peaking, like I'm like, like this, it, it's not that it was, the game was easy, but it was just being able to manage, you know, when the failure did happen, like it was just this, this maturity that you just are able to kick into this other gear and like, physically, like I was so in shape and I just knew, I knew my body, I knew myself, I knew what I needed to do to prepare to be the best. Like you just like know so much more about yourself um, when you're playing older as opposed to younger. Cause when you're younger, you're still trying to figure it out, but definitely peaked like 27, 28. And is my, my biggest advice to any young lady who's coming out of college. It's like, play the game as long as you possibly humanly can. You know, I know like you said, opportunities are few, far in between, but it's, it's literally like, it's, it's mind blowing the things that you can achieve and accomplish at that, that age and that level. Absolutely. So what advice would you give a 12 year old out there? That's like, I need to peak before college because I need to get recruited. Like there's a lot of pressure right now on the, on the youth athlete. Yeah. So like, what advice would you give on in that regard? Honestly, I, I, I would discourage that because, you know, we, as we know, peaking prior to college will do nothing for you once you get to college. And so I think, again, going back to, you know, coaches are recruiting potential and they're, they're not recruiting perfection. And so they don't want, they're, they're not looking for that athlete who's like peaked. Um, and I think it's, I, I think when we talk about just the mentality this day and age, it's like that instant gratification. And I think really if my advice to a 12 year old is like, enjoy being a 12 year old and enjoy being a kid and enjoy the journey because like, those are like my best memories is like when I, like I share about falling in love with the game, it's like really, really like this, like love affair that like just changed daily. Like I just love the game more and more every single day because there's like new things that you're learning, new things that you can get good at. And like, I really value that time, you know, now looking back in my career and, and like th those are times and days that you don't get back. And so as a 12 year old, like enjoy being a 12 year old, enjoy learning the game. And from a 12, 12 year old's perspective, I should say, and, and, and not looking too far ahead, you know, yes, obviously have goals, have, you know, an idea of where you want to be, but really just, I think it's that like, you know, getting that 1% better every single day. That's a, that's a suism. Um, but, and something that I'm sure that we hear all the time, but just really like that journey of just really being the best you at 12 and not so much being yeah. trying to be um, an 18 year old at 12 years old, you know, trying to be your 18 year old self. Like that's just sounds like not fun at all. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's really powerful. You said this before. It's honestly knowing yourself mm -hmm. and, you know, knowing and being very honest with where you are is really important. So mm -hmm. 
I love that you break it down that way because, you know, Matthew McConaughey, did you, I don't know if you saw this, but like when he won the Oscar one year for some, I don't even know which movie it was, he was always talking about his role model Mm -hmm. and it was like himself 10 years from now. Like, and so the decisions that he's making now, he's saying, okay, what would my 10 years older than myself, like, what would he say? about this. And I love thinking and breaking that down within softball too. Cause it's like, like if you're always, if you're searching to continue to just keep growing and keep evolving and be inspired by your future self, mm-hmm. that'll make, you know, all the, the mistakes that you have at 12, mm-hmm. all be so that your older self will be like, well, I'm glad you learned it then totally. instead of now. Totally. I so. love that. And I, I love that analogy. And it's so true. Like you want to be proud of your 12 year old self, you know? Yeah. I think there's so much emphasis on trying to be everything at 12 and that's just, it's not realistic for sure. Absolutely. Oh, that was so good. Okay. So let's go into slapping. I'm ready for this part. Okay. <laughs> let's go into, let's go into your baby. Okay. So the, as a hitting coach, like I've taught a lot of slappers how to slap because for two years in college, I was a triple threat mm-hmm. um, until my team needed me to be simply a power hitter, which right. I turned into that. So I, I've no, I know like the basics about it, but I feel like you can describe it in a way better way than I can. So first of all, my first question for you is how similar is slapping and hitting? Super similar. I mean, similar in terms of having to be on time or having like the timing down because timing is such an important piece of just hitting away in general. Same for Mm -hmm. slapping. Um, You know, like pitch flexion is the same. There's so many things that are, are, are similar. I think obviously the only difference is, is that slapping is like this awkward feeling of now I'm going to sprint towards a pitcher who's trying to throw as hard as she possibly can or trying to move the ball as much as she possibly can. And now I've got to make contact. Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't make any kind of sense, but I think that that's like the hardest part when you're first turning someone over to the left side. Um, but I think that there's so many similarities um, in terms of just mechanics and understanding your body and the way that you're moving. And I think, again, reiterating the same thing, but timing. Timing is just so important. Yeah, absolutely. I, I asked that question simply because a lot of people are like, well, I don't know where, where to start. I don't know how to actually like do the motion of mm-hmm. of slapping. And I'm like, well, technically, and this is to call me a lay person here. I think of as long as you're in that grounded foundation of where you're in your crossover. So your left foot's over your right and you're pretty grounded working from the ground up is still a thing Mm -hmm. as a slapper for most slaps. I mean, at least, you know, a hard slap and things. You're right. Um, Yeah, you're right. Right. I mean, even defensively, like that's just a philosophy is like from the ground up, like you start from your, your, your foundation and that's like your legs. And so staying in your legs while you're hitting is going to be important. Staying in your legs while you're slapping, um, your lower half is going to mimic your upper half. And like, again, we want to make sure that we are staying, you know, closed and square to the plate and, you know, we're not opening up and we're not vacating. And so I think like your foundation is your bottom half. And so mm-hmm. I think starting from the ground up is super important. And like, that's where similarity, similarities with hitting are, are the same. Like we've got to make sure that all of these things are in alignment um, to put myself in the best situation to make good contact. And so this is where slapping starts to get kind of tricky. There's multiple types of slaps. Could you maybe as fast or as long as you want, talk about, you know, maybe each slap yeah. and like some things to really think about if you're wanting to get into that type of thing. Yeah. So for me, it's super simple. Like it's like, I'm not trying to overcomplicate it. And it's kind of like your analogy about a pitcher, like, you know, like yeah. drop a, a curve, a rise. And then when people start to make up like, well, I've got like a drop curve rise, like, and then da, 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 da. like, just let's just keep it simple. Like let's not overcomplicate yeah. things. And so for me, it's a soft slap. Soft slap to me is just like a tap and go. We want to make middles have to charge this ball. We want this something hard enough to get past a corner. Um, this is something if, you know, I, I see the middle inflators playing behind the baseline, like I just want to beat them out, you know, or if I'm moving a runner, just something to put in uh, put in play a little bit soft. Um, I call I have a bounce slap. That's what I call mm-hmm. it. And that's literally using the ground, trying to get two bounces, getting height. That's what I call it. And then I call it heart. Yeah. Yeah. Some people call it a chop slap too. Yeah. So same thing. Yeah. Chop, bounce, 
But for me, I don't like chop because then I think of actually like chopping down and yeah. I don't want my slappers yeah. to chop down. So we're literally like bouncing the ball. So we're just mm. trying to like put the ball in play, touch and go, trying to get hype on it. I like so yours better. I like that. Bounce? I'm going to keep yours. Go I'm going to keep it. bounce. I mean, it's just, it's for me, it's like the chop, like, no, we're not. I love, I used right. to be the Atlanta Braves, so we're not, you know. <laughs> doing the, the um, Atlanta Braves and whatever. Um, but then go the, Dodgers though, by the way. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. Like, We're recording this literally the day after they I won. Know, I love it. I was Ugh. literally checking my phone during practice yesterday. My mom, I love my mom. She's like sending me texts. We're up. This game is stressful. Oh my gosh. You know, just like they got to take it. <laughs> I home love tonight. it. Um, That's so, so exciting. Yes. Go Dodgers. <laughs> the last slap power slap. So I, it's either power or, or hard slap to me. It's the same thing. Um, for me, like slaps, I'm not technically trying to hit anything over the fence. So power slaps to me is hitting through the alleys. I'm searching for the green. I'm trying to get it past infielders. Like it's just, I don't want to overcomplicate it. Like it's just simply that, like, I'm not trying to blast this out of the park. Cause that's what, for me, that's what hitting away is for. Like I can't hit it out of the park if I stand in and hit away again, it's, three slaps for me. So it's soft slap, bounce, hard, harder power, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's interesting. I had a slapping lesson with someone not too long ago and they were telling me that they've been taught there's a difference between a hard slap and a oh, shoot. I can't, I'm totally having a brain fart, but like they added another slap and I was like, to me, it's like, it's just a hard slap. Right. Like what's your goal? What's your goal? Like you're just trying right. to hit it hard or power it through the infield, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, call me old, yeah. call me old school. Cause I know there are like um, who are running through the box, literally trying to hit it over the fence. And I think that that's, I think that that does happen. I have, that have happened. That has happened to me before, but like mm-hmm. it wasn't intentional, you know, it was right. literally just trying to stay on time, be compact, get it to the green and I yeah. hit it over the fence. But like, I wasn't physically trying to do that. And so it's like almost painful to watch when someone's like grinding it out and trying mm. to really literally hit it over the fence when I guess that's it's And, and the game has changed and evolved and, and I'm always for like, why not? You know, but I also think when you're training that way, it takes away from the mechanics of trying to stay short and compact. And, and the whole point of slapping is to challenge defenders and put the ball in play as much as, as, as easily as you possibly can. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Let's a scenario right here. Let's say the corners are in pretty far because they know Natasha's up. She's super fast. And, you know, even maybe the the middle infielders are in a step or two. I know it's going to depend specifically like where everybody's played. But like if you had that ideal slap in that scenario, what would you choose? Um, if everybody's playing in, then I would go for a harder power slap, just trying to get it through like up the middle. Um um, obviously it's, I'm going to be more inclined to do it too. If I've got like a rise ball pitcher or someone who's like more up in the zone because they're already elevating the pitch for me. So that's going to help me get it to the green. So I, I think if I see everybody in my face, it's, it's, and, and that's another thing with like reading defenses is just keeping it super simple. Like if they're in your face, hit it hard. If they're playing you back, do something soft. So, you know, yeah. I think it's, you know, overcomplicating reading defenses. It's literally like, we are just trying to, you know, slapping one-on-one is hit it where they're not. And mm-hmm. if we're hitting it to them, I'm challenging them. So if I'm bouncing it to you shortstop, like I'm challenging you. So it's me against you, you know, and let's see who, who wins this race, you know? So it's not, yeah. it's, you know, not overcomplicating it too much. Um, and so that's one of the biggest things that I've been trying to stress. It's not, yeah. it's not rocket science on, on reading defenses. There is mm-hmm. you know, obviously some thought process that goes into it. And, you know, obviously we can talk about more strategies, but I just keep it simple. Yeah. I think that was, that was one of the things when I, when I transitioned from being a triple threat to simply a power hitter, I always loved beating. I mean, who doesn't love beating people? It's competition. We played a sport where we're beating people, but I loved picking out the weakest link. Right. I don't know if that's mean to think about, but I'm like, okay, how can I beat you? Right. And like, that was something fun as a slapper. Did you ever do that? 100% 100% like and in, in like I'm like walking up to play this girl at third she doesn't even know it but I'm about to challenge her like I'm challenging you you know like just that like I, and that's what I feel like I feel like being a triple threat like is a superpower like I feel like I just yeah. had so much power and so much tools where I could like challenge 
a defender on the other team. So that's my favorite thing about it. So when did you decide between slapping versus hitting then? I would decide like in between, like prior to stepping into the batter's box. So, you know, obviously assessing the situation, the outs, the type of pitcher I'm facing, I, I would make that decision pitch to pitch and, you know, step out, see my defenders and step back in. So I would just kind of make that decision before stepping into the box. I know and I always, again, my analogy is, is pitchers as well. You know, they step on the mound. They know what pitch they're throwing, like not in between their windup. They're like rise, drop, curve. Like they already know once they take the sign, they set, they get ready. They know what pitch they're doing. So same thing, same philosophy is for us as triple threats. It's like we have all these tools as well, and we're going to be more successful if we're committed to what we're choosing, you know, because where the, yeah. where the doubt comes is like as the pitcher's winding up, I'm pointing, I'm slapping, I'm hard. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, it's just like that feeling of over. So when I can commit to something and sometimes you're wrong, you know, I guess wrong. I, I, I said I was going to hard slap at this situation and she, you know, threw me hard down and in, you know, and like I swung over it and missed it, you know? And so yeah, I, I, I was wrong, but I think that, that those are things where you start to recalibrate, learn um, and reset yourself. And, and you learn from those things. Okay. Maybe in this situation, I'll choose something different the next time. So it's don't yeah. not beating yourself up for choosing the wrong thing, but giving yourself a better shot by being able to commit to one thing. Yeah. And, and there's nothing, there's no better way to learn than like failing. I mean, mm-hmm. we've said it before, but mm-hmm. as a slapper, you have to be willing to fail because when you get that low and in fastball and you plan to do something and you were just like, it didn't happen. Right. It, that's just the game right. itself. Right. And there's nothing worse than it than being on defense. Like I can attest to this. I played second base and first base in college. There's nothing worse than like a slapper who is, you know, first pitch, she's slapping. Second pitch, she's standing in to hit. Like you just don't, you get so frustrated because mm-hmm. she's got all these ideas and you're just like trying to read her and you can't. 100%. Like, you're so right. It is a superpower. Mm-hmm. It's like annoying. without a doubt. Yeah, being a shortstop too, it's like, gosh, I know exactly how it feels to be on the receiving end of that. So like use that to your advantage as a, as a slapper or triple threat is like, it's like, you're really, okay. Like really figure. And, 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 and what's really annoying is a triple threat who's super intentful. Like, you know, that they have a plan. Like they literally are like, they know what they're up to. They know what they're looking for. They're, like, that's like the worst, like someone who's just up there just trying to like, you know, doesn't really have a plan and you, and you can feel that too, you know, mm-hmm. when, athletes are as a defender. And so when they're really intentful and like really watching you as a shortstop, like, did you cheat on me? I just showed this, like, where are you going? Where are you moving? Oh, okay. As a defender, like, okay, she's trying to challenge me, you know? And so I think those triple threats here are super intentful for sure. Absolutely. So I want to be respectful of your time. I can't believe we only have four minutes left, I know, but so fast. I know we'll just have to have you on again then. Yeah. Let's but so I have, I, I want to talk about your slapping academy and all the things that you're up to in your foundation. Yeah. Um, maybe we do an entire episode about the foundation. I don't yeah. know, but I want people who are interested in the slap are interested in maybe learning, which I think any parent who has an athlete who's interested in it, parents need to do their research. And I feel like what you're doing online is so incredible. So can you share a little bit about what you're up to and yeah. how people can find you? So I have an online course and I have a group coaching program and I don't take girls into my group coaching program unless they've gone through the course. And so again, like just kind of what we talked about is just sharing that love, sharing that knowledge of, of triple threats and the beauty of it. And like, that's just been where my passion has been is just motivating and empow- empowering triple threats. Like slapping's not dead. You know, what is dead is being one dimensional. And so having, you know, all of these tools and, and being that, that true triple threat, that is going to be your superpower. And so like, that's been fun empowering um, young athletes that way. And so I have a lot of uh, online resources and it just, honestly, it's just, every, it's filled with experiences and just sharing all of my, whatever, 30 plus whatever years of experience and just like putting it out there in the world. And so I have a YouTube channel and I post weekly and I have um, a lot of, uh, when people get on my, my orbit, I guess I have a email list and I send a Tasha tip out every single week and just kind of where I'm at um, or just kind of sharing some type of tip or some type of advice. And you can go to my website. You can either go um, on Instagram. I have a link in my, my bio and that's like the best way to get into my orbit with um, slap hitting. It's, it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Like, Mm-hmm. time went by so fast honestly <laughs> just talking about slapping and I don't I never realized like how passionate I was about it until you know you have conversations like this but when you realize it literally was a thing that 
um, gave me my superpowers and, and made me feel like a threat as a competitor playing. Um, I think I'm just forever indebted to it. And so just want to share that knowledge and pass it on to the next. Yeah. Well, you're doing such an incredible job of it. I've looked at all of those YouTube videos and these are fire. Like if I was my younger self, these are things that my dad and I would have loved to have. Like just it's all so professional too. Like, yeah. and it's so crazy that you talk about how you used to be nervous speaking and now you're doing all these incredible uh, coachings. It's so cool to see that. Um, but absolutely. So all of those resources that you just mentioned, I'll make sure they're in the show notes so yeah. people listening can head down there and tap in there and then get in your circle so yes, they can learn more about it. slapping. Yes, I know. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, so I have some final questions for you. Um, they're kind of like... Just the first thing that comes to mind, give okay. me your answer and we'll okay. go from there. Yeah, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. One, how would you defend yourself? Cause you played shortstop. I know, I know, I know. How would you defend yourself if you were playing short and you were also in the box? How would you play yourself like right now? I would, oh my gosh, I would, I would just challenge me to hit it past me. Um, mm -hmm. so like what, I mean, just knowing me, I was more comfortable with just bouncing the ball, putting the ball and trying to bounce it, get height. Like I could do that all day. I, I would want to do that all day and, and do that in my sleep. So I would just try to defend that and challenge me to hit it past me. That so sense. good. No, I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. It kind of showed us what your strengths were as well, like yeah. on both ends of the ball, really. Okay. What was the greatest lesson your parents taught you? That I would advance in anything that I chose on the merit of my character, on the merit of like who I was and how I treat people. And um, just honestly, like you go further in life by treating people like those on the simple things that we know, treating people how you want to be treated mm -hmm. and like your character. And, and always one thing my dad was always like, how are you giving value to your teammates? How are you giving value to your friends? You know, are you waking up on, and are you bringing light to their world? And, you know, however that is, if it's smile, making them laugh or whatever it is and making them better. Um, like that's a big thing that my dad was always big on. And my mom is all about the work ethic. So those, those are a lot, but my parents are a huge part of my life. So um, I, I would say those things. Oh, that's amazing. I love that answer. So what would you tell 12 year old Natasha? 12 year old Natasha, I would just tell her to continue just having fun because 12 year old Tasha was just having like so much fun just continue to have fun and continue to keep falling in love with the game and I think I would tell 12 year old Tasha too to like it's okay to open up a little bit more you know like I told yeah. you like growing up I just was like this little reserve like in a clam in a shell like I was just so shy and just so like not wanting to mess up and so timid I wish I had less of that and just kind of like went for it because I kind of had a perfectionist bone in me, but I just didn't want to stand out. I didn't want to be different. And I wish that I could switch, flip that switch. It's okay to be different. It's a, so it was different, you know, we all are different and, yeah. um, and, and, and be okay to celebrate what was different and be okay to come out of the shell and just be weird and be awkward. And it's okay. Yeah. Gotta love our awkward selves. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, before I ask you this final question, I just want to thank you so much for giving us your time. You guys don't know this listening, but Natasha, it's like 8 a.m. where she lives right yeah. now. She's in Japan yeah. coaching. <laughs> it's I know. It's crazy. And we'll have, I mean, I want to learn all the things that you're up to over there. Yes. You played over there. You won a bunch of titles over there. And now you're coaching. Yeah. You are never going to leave this game. You are, you're no, doing an incredible that's job. That's the plan. I don't want to leave. So um, yeah. that's the plan. I'm staying in it until I'm 98. I'll, I'll be. Yeah. I'll be me, me too. <laughs> yeah. I me know. too. I know. I'm going to be texting you all the time. Like, Hey. <laughs> How do you, how are you doing it? I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Final question. All right. So what's the legacy you want to leave on this game? Oh gosh. I think, yeah, I, I don't want my legacy to be anything about what I accomplish on the field championships. Like those are all personal and like things that like I take home, you know, like that, you know, have fulfilled me. But um, the legacy that I want to leave is how I made people feel if they saw me or if a young girl met me, like, did I empower her to, you know, be the best little woman that she could potentially be? Did I push her? Did I challenge her? Did she see me and say like, well, since Tasha did it, I can too, you know, and I want, I just, I want 
it's more about the feeling and, and how I make people feel. And I think that that's the legacy I want, I want to leave and, and, and just being able to challenge and empower um, and impact other people and, and so that they can be them best sel- their best selves. And, and, and if that's a softball player or whatever it is, it doesn't have to be softball, but just being their best, their best selves. And um, if I could be uh, a reminder or, or help for that, um, that's the legacy I want to leave. Well, as that young slapper that looked up to slappers like you and Caitlin Lowe growing up, I can tell you it's working. All the things, all the things that you want to leave on this game, they're happening. And it's incredible to get to know you. Thank you so, so much for being on the show. This was an absolute blast. Likewise. And thanks for having this show and having me on it and so much fun getting to chat with you. And like, I feel like we could probably be chatting for like the next like three hours about this game. Right. So thank you so much for what you're doing for the game and, and shedding some light um, on those young athletes. So thank you. Thanks so much. We'll have to continue this conversation post some other time. Awesome. Well, you got to run to practice, so we got to sign off, but thanks again so much. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Sasha. You too. You're welcome. See ya. Wow. I just love this woman, her authenticity and honesty when it came down to her story and her journey of becoming the great Natasha that she is today. It was so amazing to learn that about her. And are you guys as excited about her Game Changers online course as I am? If I was a young slapper, um, and I was at 12 years old, I wish I would have had this in my in my arsenal to become better as a triple threat. So if you are looking to become better as a triple threat, I am going to put all the links that she mentioned into the show notes below so you can click on those and then go into it, dive into her stuff. It, she has the best content when it comes to slapping. And if you don't want to invest in the course, she has so many other freebies on her Natasha Watley page. So if you just head over to her stuff, you are gaining so much knowledge as a slapper uh, and it's going to really change the game for you. So again, I wish I would have had this when I was younger. So go ahead, click on the show notes. And if you can, please write a review on the podcast. If you are loving these interviews and you want more guests like Natasha Watley, like Sue Inquist on the podcast, I would love it if you left a review if you subscribe to the podcast and shared it with all of your friends. It's only going to help grow this game. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you guys same time, same place next week.